All right. Don't touch anything. Not even this. <laughs> That's a self-destruct button. <laughs> I said lunch, not launch. Let's get trivial, trivial. I wanna get trivial. Let's get into trivia. Let me hear your knowledge talk. Your knowledge talk. Let me hear your knowledge talk. Hey everybody, welcome to the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Monica. It's episode 93. Woohoo! Yeah, woohoo! In seven episodes, we're gonna get real drunk. Yes, are you gonna do it? I'm gonna do it. Yes, I'm, we're gonna do this. We're gonna have to plan a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So for episode 100, we're gonna uh, drink and play games. We should. It should be like maybe we should do. If you get a question wrong, you have to take a shot. Ooh. Maybe something like that. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we should make a game out of it. All right. Okay. We'll think about that. If you guys have any suggestions out there for our drinking uh, 100th episode. Suggestions for how to get drunk. Yes. We know how to do that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're good on that. But uh, if you have any uh, of incorporating it into a trivial game, quizfixitgmail.com is the way to get a hold of us. Monica, how are you today? Wonderful. How are Yay, you? Yay. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back in Seattle. And I want to thank Kat for subbing for me. On Thursday at 9.07, and putting up with the fact that I could barely get any trivia to them. I was caught in the flash floods of Palm Springs, and Wi-Fis were knocked out, and internet reception was spotty, and... Oh, my god! Yeah, it was crazy. And, of course, there was a foot of rain, and it was just... It was nuts. So... How was the show? The show was fantastic. It was a, it was a fun show. It was Austin Powers-themed... Ooh, I, I love it. I didn't know that people were still thinking that that was like, that people were like still thinking of that as a thing to do that's fun. Yeah, baby. Because it's been, they had a guy who was an Austin Powers impersonator. Oh my gosh. I gotta tell you, pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, did pretty good. Did he have the fake teeth in? He had the fake teeth in, he had a wig, he did a, he sang a couple songs to tracks and did a pretty good job. There was even a mini-me Oh. Yeah, who was actually looked a lot like Mini-Me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's they, crazy. They they went to no, to no expense. Was to... it a special Valentine's Day thing? No, it was the beginning of some week in Palm Springs that they have every year, and it's a kind of a town festival, and we were just the opening night entertainment. Oh, is it like flashback to the... Early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, by flashing back to the 60s. Exactly. Yeah. They don't want to go far back. So I got to sing all my Tom Jones and my and uh, my Joe Cocker nice. and my Dion Warwick and all that sort of stuff. So it was fun. And again, thanks to Kat for subbing. This is now week seven starting tonight as you're hearing this. Two weeks left. Two weeks left, and uh, we're going to update those scores. They should be updated by the time you're hearing this. Uh, and you still have time to get into the top 20, but time is running out. So get to your quizzes this week. And uh, we're going to start notifying the teams that are definitely have made it into the finals and letting them know what the next steps are. So uh, I have not even looked at this scoreboard yeah i haven't even looked i have no idea that's okay that's okay i like that it's just gonna be a big surprise to you <laughs> oh that team made it in oh my god 
They're terrible. <laughs> 67 Muscabeers is here? <laughs> Just the worst. Oh, my God. Oh, should we continue? Yeah. Should we play some games? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Now it is time for the lightning round. What, 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 what? It is that time for lightning round, and I have five questions for Monica. She has five questions for me. You should play along at home, see if you know the answers to our ten questions. Monica, what's your topic for me this week? Glass. 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 <laughs> Some reason I always like to say that with a little bit of a southern glass. <laughs> could I get a could I get a glass? Uh yours is on books based on television shows. Books based on shows? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's not a normal route. No, it's not. <laughs> Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. All right, here we go. It's the lightning round. Question one. The M. Night Shyamalan movie, Glass, Glass, is actually the third in the Unbreakable trilogy. What stealth sequel was released in 2016? That was Split. Yay! <laughs> I have not seen it, but uh, I've seen clips of it. I've used clips of it in, uh, in video rounds. Yeah, I've never seen it, but uh, they didn't say it was a sequel. Right, right. But I guess at the end at of the Split, end. there's a there's a cameo. It's like your Nick Fury at the end of, of Iron Man saying, hey, we got to put a team together. Except it's Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying, let's not put a team together. <laughs> let's do one more I'm going to do this. Yeah. All right. Uh, here you go. Question number one for you. In the 10 years between its cancellation and the first motion picture, what TV and sh- show inspired several novels, including City on the Edge of Forever and Planet of Judgment? Star Trek. That is Star Trek. <laughs> Ring your bell. Oh, yeah. I'm doing it. When I came in, I saw that your TV is propped up by Star Trek novels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We got the Starship <laughs> Trap. We got a Fury Scorned. We got Q in Law. That's got to be a funny one. <laughs> and we got the City of the Onlys. Have you read these books? I have not read those. Yeah. The only one I read was a Voyager-based mm-hmm. book. And... I can't remember who the author was, but she definitely had a thing for Chakotay. Yeah. Because the way she described him, she's like, the large, handsome Indian man, Chakotay. And I'm like, first of all, it's Native American. Yeah, lady. please, come on. <laughs> Get with the nomenclature. All right, number two for you is a true or false. Okay. When you're in a bar fight and somebody smashes a glass bottle on the table yeah. and stabs you with it. Sure, stabby, stabby. It's called glassing. True or false? Wow. 
I've been glassed. <laughs> <laughs> help, I've been glassed. <laughs> help me, help me. <laughs> I got into a bar fight and got glassed. Uh, I'm going to say that's true. That's right. Yay. I was just betting that you had more joy in finding that out than making that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question number two for you. Because it only got one season, what 1995 show inspired a 1999 sequel novel in which its main characters, including Angela, Ricky, and Rayanne, have summer vacation adventures? Oh, none of that rings a bell. Angela, Ricky, and Rayanne. Mm-mm. I don't know. Oh, I thought that was right in your uh, wheelhouse. That is my so-called life. Oh, no, I never really watched that. You would have been maybe like 14, 15 when that came on, something like that. In 95? Yeah. Uh, no, I was like 11. Oh, maybe, okay, that's a little bit younger. Yeah, that's not quite, not quite. I think my stepsister watched it. Yeah. She was like 17 or something, perfect age. Yeah, that's, that's right in there. All right. Number three. Glass, Glass is a nickname for what drug? Hmm. Is it acid? No. Oh, what's glass a thing of? Meth. Oh. I never get I never get the meth that looks like glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was getting it in liquid form completely get into a smoothie. Does it come in liquid form? No, I have no idea. I have no idea. If you know how meth <laughs> is transported into your body, please don't write us. Go get some help. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they did get help, but they still know. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, I presumed too much. Sorry. Uh, question number three for you. Uh, what fictional writer is listed as the co-author of several books based on her TV show, including titles like Coffee, Tea, or Murder, and The Maine Mutiny, and that's like the state of Maine. Oh. Is that the murder she wrote? Yeah. But what, you want the author? Yeah, the, what's her name? Oh, man. The character name? Yeah. Because they list her now on the books. Who's the actress? The Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury is the actress. <laughs> I know all of that, yeah. but I don't know the characters. Oh, no. Name. I've never watched I that. wonder if, yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder if this will be like, oh, right. Or if this will be like, nope, never saw it. No, I don't know the character's name. Mm, it is Jessica Fletcher. Okay. Jessica Fletcher. Hmm. <laughs> I'm off on my dates for you. Right I now. knew I'm all the other, I knew all the other things about it except that. Yeah. Um, number four, glass gem, is a multicolored flint variety of what kind of vegetable? Glass gem, G E M. Yes. Is a flint. Multicolor flint variety. variety of multicolored flint variety of potato. No. Ah, what is it? 
It's corn. Oh. All the little kernels are oh, like rainbow sense. colored. Oh, pretty. And Flint variety is like not sweet. So they usually grind it to make cornmeal. Okay. Or pop it up to make popcorn. All right. Cool. Okay. Um, question number four for you. Hip hop till you drop and 10 weeks and I'm sorry. <laughs> These are really dumb <laughs> titles. Hip hop till you drop and 10 ways to wreck a date. Our books written from the point of view of the middle Tanner sister on Full House. What was her first name? Oh, was her name? I can picture. Who's the oldest sister? Do you remember? Was it DJ? That was DJ's the oldest. And then you had the youngest. Which was Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you right now, the middle sister is not happy about this at all. This is just what they. This is just what they. They're angry about. Stephanie. There it is. Yay. Ring yourself up. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wrote books based on uh, her point of view, and one of them was some for some reason called Hip Hop Till You Drop. Because she's so white. She was so funky. She's so funky. <laughs> she's funky fresh. Last one. Okay. Located between Whidbey Island and the mainland. What Puget Sound Island hosts the Great Northwest Glass Quest every February? Okay, between the mainland and Whidbey Island? Yeah. And I'm and we're looking for a town? It's an island. It's an island. Oh, what is... Okay, so I, I've been out there so many times. Get your mainland, get your Whidbey. What's the island right there? Because I thought that was the island was Whidbey Island. Um, boy, I don't know. Um, oh man, I don't know. I'll give up. Kamano. Oh, Kamano Island. I've been there too. Could not come up with that one. The Glass Quest, they like leave all these little. Um, clues. They're like clue balls. I don't know what they're called. They're probably clue balls. And you find them, and then it gives you the clue of how to get your prize. And the prize are these glass art ball things mm-hmm. that you like hang up in your window or whatever. And it's ha- I think it's happening like right now. Let's go. We're gonna, we're gonna take a break from this podcast and then um, just give it a give us a second. We're gonna go out there and win some prize balls and then come right back. Find those clue balls. Yeah. All right. Here's your last one. Question number five. What superpowered teenager, the subject of a '90s Nickelodeon show, also spawned the novels Bet You Can't and Witch Hunt? Is it Alex Mack? It is Alex Mack. Well done. Now, I'm not familiar, so tell me what Alex Mack was all about. I don't totally remember, but... I know she was a super-powered teenager. Yeah, like, her dad worked... I think her dad worked in, like, this... Some sort of, like, 
science lab, like super secret, whatever. And she snuck in there and got exposed to something that gave her these powers. And I think she could like turn into this liquid or something. Oh, I think I remember seeing like previews of that or ads about that, but I never stuck around to watch. Yeah, I don't think it lasted very long. No. But I remember one of my favorite things was um, the props in the show. There was like this lock on the wall, like key press lock, and you push the keys and they light up. Mm -hmm. And it was an actual game that I had that they just like stuck on the wall (laughs) and used it. (laughs) I think it was called Lights Out. Okay. And I'm like... That's lights out. They're they're using it as a prop on the show. <laughs> See, and if I was a kid at that point, I would have put that up on my wall. I would have been totally like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that and put it up there, just like Alex Mack. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, how did we do? You got two. Yeah, it was not my category. And I got three. Well done, everybody. That was your lightning round. <laughs> That's that was for me not saying game prep, <laughs> which I'll say in a little bit. I love the sound of breaking glass, especially when I'm lonely. I need the noises of destruction. It is now time for game prep. Boop, 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 boom. We're going to get you ready for uh, your games this week, the, the quizzes you might be playing out there in the world. And because I forgot what day was Monday, because I'm, I'm all discombobulated right now, uh, we got five days of game prep for you. So, congratulations. February 17th, 1972, Volkswagen produces the 15 millionth, 7,034 Type 1 car, better known as the Beetle. Which, With this car, the Beetle surpasses the Model T as the most produced car in history. The Beetle has since been surpassed by the Toyota Corolla. Volkswagen was founded in 1937... You gave that a really nice German <laughs> German turn, turn to it. It's because of what I'm about to say. Okay, please do. It was founded in 1937 by a Nazi organization <laughs> called the German Labor Front. So you gave the German word to Volkswagen a nice little... <laughs> and then you sang through Nazi organization. Hitler commissioned them to build a low-priced people's car. Some people's car. Right. Ferdinand Porsche, an Austrian engineer, was hired to design the vehicles. Yeah, that Beetle was designed by the guy who designed Porsches. Mm. Yeah. Ford had a chance to take over the Volkswagen plant free of charge after World War II, but the company's chairman passed on the offer, allowing Germany to keep 
Volkswagen as their own. Yeah, so Ford passed on Volkswagen because they thought the cars were ugly and that nobody was going to buy these cars. So Germany basically got to keep this plant that they weren't expecting to keep. And it kind of revitalized Germany that, that they got to keep this thing and they made the cars and people bought them. and Everybody yeah. loved those cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. I think they're adorable. I, did, I, did, I wanted one so badly when I was in high school when I started driving. And there was this girl that I had a crush on, and she had one, and it was the coolest thing in the world, even though, like, it broke down on her all the time. Because, yeah. I mean, it was one of those, like, she bought it for, like, $400 and was, like, constantly trying to fix it up. And it, uh, the heat wouldn't work and all this sort of stuff. But I still wanted I just thought they were cool looking. Yeah. yeah. Those vans were cool, too. We had the camper vans yeah. with the fold-up table and that. The 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 prime seat was the one behind the driver that faced back. It's like a captain's chair seat. Okay. Everybody in our family we would fight over that seat. <laughs> you didn't have to sit by anybody else. You had a seat all to yourself. Yeah. It was the best. February eighteenth. Happy birthday to both movie director John Hughes, born in nineteen fifty, and the star of several of his movies, Molly Ringwald, who was Happy born. Happy birthday. Yeah, she was born in 1968. They have the same birthday. That's so cute. Yeah. They made three movies together in three years. They made in 1984's 16 Candles, 1985's The Breakfast Club, and 1986's Pretty in Pink. That's a pretty impressive run for both of them. Yeah. Three great movies in three years. That's pretty. And just like three definitive 80s teen comedies, Mm -hmm. romances, whatever you want to call them. Rom-coms. Rom-com. Yeah, I guess they're kind of rom-commy, aren't they? There was almost a fourth movie Hughes and Ringwald made together, Oil and Vinegar, in which Ringwald would play a young hitchhiker who catches a ride with a soon-to-be-married man played by Matthew Broderick. Apparently, it went through rewrites and they couldn't get it to go. The title was awful. Yeah, oil and vinegar. St- I bet that I bet that title wouldn't have survived. Yeah, I bet that's like your that's your working title, and then it's like, see, they're they're not they're not compatible. Wait a second, oil and vinegar is compatible, isn't it? Doesn't that make a salad dressing? Um, isn't that basically a balsamic uh, salad dressing? Is oil and vinegar? Yeah, but they still don't totally mix. Right. Once it's oh, I see. So they. They don't quite mix, but they're good together. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's a better title than we thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Matthew Broderick, people think like, oh, man, he was John Hughes. He's only in the one movie. He's only in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It is a good one. That I remember that because it was right before I went to school in Chicago, and it was all Chicago stuff. And I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh my god, I can go to that that, that baseball stadium." I'm Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I'm singing Don Shane on a float. February nineteenth, Happy International Tug of War Day. Although mostly associated with the team game, the phrase "tug of war" actually predates the game. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, tug of war meant a decisive contest or a severe contest for supremacy. It wasn't until the 1800s when the game was named tug of war. Wait, did the game exist? Well, variations of the game existed, as you'll see in the next section. The game itself. (laughs) (laughs) 
shows that I don't read these. Yeah, it's fine. The game itself dates back to ancient China and the military exercise known as hook pulling with 500 warriors on each side of the rope. Damn, that's a long rope. That's a lot. It was a long rope. Chinese mythology even described the tides as the sun and moon engaged in a tug of war. No, they were engaged in a hook pulling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tug of war. They were hook pullers. <laughs> tug of war was an Olympic sport from 1900 to 1920, and there is a current push to get the sport back into the Olympic Games. Yeah, it's been a real tug of war to get it back into the games. I would watch that. I would too. I would totally watch now, that. Now, you're way too young for this reference, but Battle of the Network Stars... I've heard that before. So in the 70s and 80s, it was like ABC, CBS, and NBC would, all their actors or some of their actors would get together and they would participate in these games to see which network had the best athletes. And every every battle the network stars ended with a massive tug of war between two of the networks, the two networks with the highest scores up to that point. And they would do a big tug of war. Hmm. And I loved that. <laughs> loved that. Because cause they always do it over like the mud and somebody's going to get some some star from some show is going to get a face full of mud. It's probably Jamie Farr from MASH. And you're just gonna, <laughs> it's just going to be that way. It was, uh, I loved it. I would, I would watch that in the Olympics. I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Bring it back. Uh, February 20th, happy handcuff day. Okay. Yeah. Handcuff-like restraints have been around since the Iron Age, but it was on this day in 1912 that inventor George Carney received a patent for a lighter handcuff with a swing-through ratchet, enabling the cuff to conform to the wrist and allowing the officer to put one put the cuffs on with one hand. That's basically the, the modern model is mm-hmm. with the swing-through ratchet. Carney sold the patent to the Peerless Handcuff Company, who makes these handcuffs to this very day. Most handcuffs used in the U.S. and Canada can be opened with the same key. This makes the transferring of prisoners from one station to the next easier and quicker. See, I always thought that was interesting on cop shows where like, somebody would be like, here, throw me your, throw me your handcuffs and throw me your keys and I always thought, how would they know which one is which? And it's like, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. In Japan, it is illegal to photograph suspects while they are wearing handcuffs, as the cuffs could be seen as an indication of guilt and cause bias for a jury. That makes sense, too. If you see somebody on TV and they're being dragged around in handcuffs, you might just assume that they're guilty of something. Guilty. Guilty. All right, last one, February 21st, 1958. Britain's Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, CND, unveils the CND symbol created by artist Gerald Holtham. The symbol incorporates the semaphore signals for the letters N, which are two flags pointed out and down at a 45-degree angle, and D, that's one flag straight up and one flag straight down. This symbol became known as the peace sign when a University of Chicago student imported buttons with the symbols on them to sell on college campuses in the 60s. The peace sign is not trademarked or copyrighted, which allows anyone to use it in their products or designs. 
Several companies have tried and failed to make it their trademark. Most recently, Craigslist attempted to copyright the symbol, only to be told, nah. Nah. But they can still use it. They can still have it next yeah, to their name and stuff. Yeah, you just can't keep anybody else from using right, it. Right, which is why you see that symbol on, on shirts and bags and shoes. And yeah, a n- number of companies, especially in the 70s after it became popular, were like, oh, we put these on our shoes. We should be able to copyright this. And trademark offices were like, no, everybody gets this. So why do they say no? Well, they say no because the artist never never claimed a trademark on it or copyrighted it. So it's it's pretty much just kind of out there in public domain and no no company can say well i created this right you know i mean the original one still hangs in a museum in london the original sketch that he did and he's made it very clear that he's the guy who created it so you can't just be like well he if he's not going to claim it i'll claim it no (laughs) no (laughs) we know the guy who made it oh i like that yeah i have one more short uh quick game prep uh, because uh, as we are recording this on Sunday, next Sunday is Oscars. So if you're going out to do an Oscar party or going to be asking, uh, answering Oscar trivia questions or anything like that, here are some quick facts, little facts, things that you need to know, good things to keep in mind as you're answering questions. Um, number one, Catherine Hepburn, not Meryl Streep, has the most acting Oscars of any person with four. That's a that's a tricky one. People say Meryl Streep all the time. Streep has been nominated for the most Oscars, acting Oscars, with 21, but she's only won three times. Wow. Yeah. It seems like she wins all the time, but uh, she's, she's really, nominated really all the time. For men, both Daniel Day-Lewis and Jack Nicholson have won three Oscars. Nicholson holds the record for the most uh, uh, nominations for a male actor. He has had 12 the overall most Oscars is Walt Disney. He has 22. Uh, Edith Head, who was a costumer, uh, won eight, and that's the most for any single woman. Uh, Edith Head, if you want to know who Edith Head is, uh, watch The Incredibles, and the woman who makes the costumes for The Incredibles is based on Edith Head. Oh, I just watched the second one. <laughs> oh, is the second one good? Yeah. I liked it. Okay, good. There was this part where um, they're like on the ship thing and the Mr. Incredible like comes out of the ship where the anchor is and he's like on the anchor and I'm like, oh, he came out of the cat head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to use that cat head, that cat head reference a few yeah. times. That's good. Out of the cat head. <laughs> um, if you're entering a, an Oscar prediction contest this year, uh, you might want to circle Glenn Close. She's nominated for a movie called The Wife. She's been nominated seven times, but so far has not won. Oh, wow. And the Academy tends to reward overdue performers. Only one actor has made it to eight nominations without winning, and that's Peter O'Toole. So her odds are pretty good on winning that one. Do you ever do contests or bets like that i have i have they're tricky it's much trickier now because there used to be just five best picture nominees and now there's always like eight or nine they changed the rules a few years back oh i didn't know that yeah so they changed the rules uh i want to say like 
10, 9, 10 years ago, and that's just made predicting things a lot harder. Um, but uh, if you are looking for predicting for best picture, I would I would say Green Book because it won the Producers Guild Award and it also won uh, the Golden Globe for best drama. Those are usually pretty good indicators. Um, what else should you know? Three movies have won 11 Oscars. That's the most of any single movie. Ben-Hur, Titanic, and the third Lord of the Rings movie, Return of the King. And of those, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King won every single Oscar they were nominated for. And that's the largest sweep of any Oscars. Oh my gosh. Titanic had 14 nominations, and that's tied with two other movies for the most for a single movie. All About Eve and La La Land also had 14 nominations. Uh, What else do we want to know? 1968 was the last time a G-rated movie won Best Picture. That's Oliver. And the next year was the first and last time an X-rated movie won, and that was Midnight Cowboy. And finally, last little bit, uh, with nominations this year for Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born becomes the first movie where the lead characters have been nominated for Oscars three times. In 1937, it was Janet Gaynor and Frederick March in those roles, and in 1954, it was Judy Garland and James Mason. So wait a few years if you want to get nominated for an Oscar and remake A Star is Born. What about And you'll probably Barbara? get nominated. They didn't get nominated. Barbara and Chris, Chris Christopherson is the only one of those remakes that they didn't get nominated. Like, that's the whole reason we made that movie again. <laughs> Don't I? <laughs> Guaranteed <laughs> nomination. Well, they're just sitting at home going, wait, we didn't get nominated for anything? <laughs> I happened? bet. I bet they did. Uh, I would expect some Oscar stuff this week in uh, trivia. So get ready for that out there. And that is your game prep. More dangerous than the little king himself. Oh, what can I do? This gonna break my heart. So I'm gonna go out and catch my breath with that girl. Got the peace sign around her neck. Hey, hey, it's audio time right now. Why did I say hey, hey? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's audio round time, and we got songs, and uh, you came up with this theme today. What is your theme? It's uh, Mr. Mrs. Ms. Ms. Missy, that kind of stuff. Right on. Uh, this Which are... I didn't actually like once I started making it. Oh, was it one of those? <laughs> I, I, I've been doing that a lot lately where it's like, I have a really good idea. And then I get like a few songs deep and go, oh, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. This one, this wasn't, wasn't too bad for me. Um, but I have a feeling I got an extra one in here because I have a feeling we got at least one overlap. Okay. We'll see if that happens. Uh, would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. All right. Well, everybody, audio round, you know how to play. One point for title, one point for artist. Here we go. Here is Monica's first song. Though I know that evening's empire has returned into sand, vanished from my hand, left me blindly here to stand, but still not sleeping. Mm. Is that Bob Dylan? It sure is Bob Dylan. 
Mr. Tambourine Man? It is Mr. Tambourine Man. Is that a bird song? Well, it was a Bob Dylan song. Oh, and, and then the birds it. covered it. And they made it better. <laughs> they, they kind of did. Yeah. They did. Yeah, they did. I, I like both versions, but because uh, I am I, one of those that doesn't mind Bob Dylan's voice. Especially oh. his 60s voice. Yeah, I could actually understand him a little bit. Yeah, and there's like a melody there. <laughs> a little nasally, but it's fine. All right, give me that first one. Okay, this one's kind of short. Okay. I figured you would know it by just that. Well... It's Please Miss Mr. Postman. That's the name of the song. It's one of those songs that's been recorded by so many groups. I almost put the Carpenters version on here because it's kind of a strange version. Mm. But I th- want to say, mm, I want to say that's the Marvelettes. It is. Yay. Part of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> No. No, they're not. But I, I wish they were. Because then I would wa- enjoy those movies more. Oh, All right. Yeah. Here we go <laughs> with song number two. Does that have booty in the title? It sure does. <laughs> How did I know? In fact, you probably can guess the first word of this three-word title. It's really getting that middle word that's going to be tricky. Is it like Ms. Mm-hmm. Something Booty? That's right. Now, it's not Most Def's Miss Fat Booty, which I think I've used in an audio round before. Okay. Uh I don't know, big booty. Mm. Well, the it's called Miss New Booty. <laughs> oh. And it's by a rapper named Bubba Sparks. Do you remember Bubba Sparks? No. So Bubba Sparks, like after Eminem, he was like the next white rapper. But he was kind of like this, he kind of looked like kind of a redneck. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Kind like of sort big, of an Uncle Cracker kind, kind of, of thing? Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. an Uncle Cracker, but rapping. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he had a couple of hits, and that was one of them. So oh, I went to um, karaoke on Friday. Good for you. And somebody sang Ba with the Ba. Oh, Kid Rock? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most of that song is Ba with the Ba mm-hmm. and, so, and so forth. Yeah. But then the song, the words in the middle, which is sort of kind of a rap song, it just sort of yells things or whatever. That was kind of Kid Rock's yeah. thing for a while. But I'd never known like the words to it. And it's a little nonsensical. Sure. And he drops the D.B. Cooper reference. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I'll he does. That again. <laughs> drops the D.B. Cooper. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> but it was quite funny someone singing that at karaoke. Song number two. Call on the phone. Now I'm a soldier. 
All right. The song's called Mr. Lonely. Correct. Oh, who did that back in the day? I'm going to go with my first guess, but I don't think it's right. I think uh, I'm saying Paul Inca. No. No. It's Bobby Vinton. Bobby Vinton. Yeah, I didn't know Bobby Vinton could do the swooping, uh, the swoopy little uh, falsetto stuff because he's mostly this, his big song was Blue Velvet. She wore blue velvet. Oh. Well, yeah, apparently yeah. he's really good at it. Yeah, because that song is great. I love that song. I love that era of music. That's that fifth, that late fifties, early sixties stuff. It's kind of cornball, but in a great way. It was so well done. Yeah. All right, here is your next song. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a cover. Yeah, I could tell. Okay. It's Mr. Blue Sky. Yes. And I'll tell you also, I'll give you this much of a hint. That's a cover from this year. In fact, from this month. Oh. I was gonna guess Weezer. I would I would stay with that guess. Really? Yeah. Weezer. Weezer is correct. <laughs> yeah, they just put out an album of all covers called the Teal Album, oh. and it has covers of that song. Of course, it has the Africa, which is their big cover hit. It has a cover of Take on Me. It has a cover. It has just some some oddball covers. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they do Mr. Blue Sky originally by ELO. I gotta listen to that. Yeah. Some of it's pretty good. Some of it's like, I don't know why you're doing this song over again, but, you know, you know, they're having fun. I'm sure they are. Yes. All right. Oh, it's your turn. Number three. She said, hello, may I help you please? <laughs> some, some serious pop song denial. Oh, must be something wrong with my phone. Yeah. My darling wouldn't hang up on me. I can't get a hold of my baby. It's the phone. <laughs> it's got to be the phone. <laughs> well, that's called Mr. Telephone Man. Yes. And that is new edition. Excellent. Yeah, that's Bobby Brown singing a little. That was Bobby Brown and Belle Biv DeVoe and there was another guy. Johnny Gill, I think, was the other guy. But yeah, they were they were huge. Uh, all right, here is your next song. Let me see if this is in the right genre for you. I think it might be. You're right in the right era. But not that But right not band. that band. Uh, that's why I kind of thought maybe you would get this one. Uh, yeah, anyone wanted to even like guess the title before I start blurting out things? No, I uh, won't know it. Okay. The band is called AFI. Okay. Do you remember AFI? It sounds familiar. Yeah. They were kind of kind of gothy emo sort of stuff. And the the song's called Miss Murder. 
Miss Murder? Miss Murder. Okay. Yeah. I miss Murder. <laughs> Do you miss Murder Face? Oh, no, you don't, because Murder Face no. is basically acting as your lumbar support right now. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't be she... on Mama's lap, I'm going to be behind Mama, pushing yeah. her all the way. She's like, Coming out of my butt, practically. <laughs> She's like your little, little bustle. <laughs> I got a murder face bustle. Oh, look at you, little bustle. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number four. Party, and I'm always the host. If dreams are like me. If dreams are like the movies, the memories are like films about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam Duritz. That is uh, Counting Crows. Yeah. And I'm I'm impressed that you found a Counting Crows song, not Mr. Jones, which would fit right <laughs> into this category. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Mr. Jones is kind of the, my Counting Crows knowledge ends pretty quickly after yeah. that. I thought you might not get the title, but I figured you would. Get the artist. No, no one sounds like him. Yeah, he's very distinctive. What is what's the title? It is Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Oh yeah, no, I would never have gotten that. That's such a '90s alt rock title. Yeah, <laughs> it's about Harry's mom. Harry Potter's mama. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it. Actually I don't think is. it is either. <laughs> but uh, but somebody might believe that someday. Uh, all right, here is your last one. Another late nineties. Yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, well, that's Elliot Smith, Portland's own Elliot Smith, uh, the the late great, and the song is called Miss Misery. Okay. And if it sounds at all familiar to you, it's because it's the final song uh, from Goodwill Hunting. Okay. And it was nominated for best song at the Oscars that year of course and lost to my heart will go on but if you like that elliot smith's got three he had three albums out before he died and and he's they're pretty amazing records did he die young he died young and he died by his own hand mm. yeah it's a it's a sad sad story but the, was he 27 i think he might have been older than that oh, okay. but the three albums that he put out uh are pretty incredible so go 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 listen you think you'll like it Okay. Uh, do you have one more for me? Yes. Okay. This is number five. Okay, and I have a bonus one for you, I think. Unless it's the same one. Unless it's the same one. Suppose you was a little cat residing in a person's flat who fed you fish and scratched your ears. You'd notice them. Suppose you was a woman wed and sleeping in a double bed beside one man for seven years. You'd notice him. A human being's made of... <laughs> Is it the same one? 
And your yours ended right where mine started. Oh my god, it's amazing! Wow. Right when it cut off. Yeah. No. <laughs> that is fantastic. Master Salafane should have been my name, Mr. Salafane. Because you can look, look right through me, walk right, right by me, oh, yeah. and never know I'm there. Well, I'll I'll uh, <laughs> I'll name the song if you name the the singer. How about that? It's called Mr. Salafane. Well, it's from Chicago. Yes. And you know, the person who sang it in the movie was John C. Riley. Did a great job. Was nominated for an Oscar for that. Keep him keep the Oscar thing going. Yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. That's so funny that it was right at this cutoff point. I almost put in that part of it because it had cats mentioned. That's cats. why I put it in. And then I was like, I wanted the, some of the melody, the ba 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 ba. And I re- realized that they don't sing the first part of the verse in that little return. When he played that, I was like, wait, did I perform? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, even the timing of that was good. It was perfect. That was wild. Um, so all right. we're not going to count those points. No, really just for syncing that up like we did, we both won. <laughs> we're both okay. winners. All right. Yeah. Well, that was fun. That was a good one. I love that. Yeah, yeah. What a weird coincidence. Um, well, that is it for the, for the podcast <laughs> today. I don't think we can top that. So let's just move into the place where we say where we're hosting this week as we're back to our full schedule. Tuesdays at Fitzgerald's in Ballard. Mondays at the Skylark in West Seattle. Tuesdays at the Crown Bar in Tacoma. Wednesdays at the Berliner in Renton. Thursdays at the local 907 in Renton. Cat is at Bison Creek Pizza on Tuesdays. Uh, and Burian and Mookie and Jeff are holding down the Ford at Murphy's on Tuesdays and Thursdays in Wallingford. They're all free to play. They're all fun. Some of them are all ages. Call ahead if you need to. Uh, the weather should be good all this week, so don't even think about not going out. You should be going out because that's what you do. Because you probably really want to. Yeah. And, the, and, and you want to get those points. Yeah, if you're if you got that tournament, uh, look at the rankings. Uh, if you are, uh, we've kind of narrowed it down to be like the teams that really have a shot at it. So if you're if you're if you can see your name up there, you've got a shot. You just got to get out to the trivia and remember you can go to as many as you want to in the week and get those points. We had a lot of teams last week with the snowstorm send out like one or two people that could get to the place. Just be like, I got to get at least one point. So the people know how to how to play the game. So get out there and do it. As always, if you have questions and comments and things like that for us, quizfix at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of us. You can also follow us on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook. Just look for quizfix all one word. That's it. Yay. That's all we got. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening and downloading, and we'll talk at you next week. Bye. Let's get to the office.